Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Warped, a completely unnecessary Star Trek podcast where we do unasked for audio commentary of Star Trek episodes. Here are your hosts, Sean. Get me to my regular doctor. They're familiar with my weird, you know, things. Matt. It's completely bonkers, and, and yeah. I didn't understand what was happening, <laughs> yeah. like, 80% of the time, but I loved it. Jake. His abs unfurled. Philippe. I don't have honor! <laughs> What's the point? I want to live and sing and dance! Erin. Uh-oh, this show is so good, we're just, like, watching it. Min Win. Would you fuck, marry, or kill me? <laughs> all of that. I would do all <laughs> three. <laughs> all three in that order. Dear Diary, I kissed an android today, and he told me he felt nothing. Make it so. Uh, hello, everybody, and. Welcome to Warped. You just heard our good friend Patrick Stewart uh, <laughs> introduce us. We don't even have to say our names. Because That's true. Just heard he already introduced us. Yeah. Uh, we are watching Silicon Avatar. Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 4. Sean I will got, uh, count us in, and we're all going to push our triangles at the same time. Except for Philippe, who's like 14 seconds out of us for some reason. I'm punching the triangle in three, two, one, punch. Oh, man. I just got to wait. Uh, I see some people down on a planet. There's Beverly talking to George, talking to Data. Yeah, that that setting up the lights thing is the first thing that happens. I don't know why yours is so weird. Yeah. Just play it. Well... It couldn't possibly matter less. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm seeing. I'm seeing Riker. Is and... Riker hitting on that lady? Oh yeah, yeah as baby. he usually does. So yeah. I didn't watch this one, so I don't and remember what happened. She gives it right back. Oh, good. Nice. Look at the way she her vest. Yeah, she's off the... She's into it. She's into it. Hey, if you were a lady down on a planet and Will Riker beamed down and was like, I'm going to be here for three or four days, you would absolutely have a whirlwind fling with Will Riker. And at the end of it, you'd be like, that was great. See you later. And he would beam away. Yeah, he'd be like. And you and you would have fond memories of that for the rest of your life. And everybody comes out a winner. Everybody's a winner in that scenario. Yeah. (laughs) This actress, unfortunately, I can't. I don't have IMDb up, so I can't look at her up her name. But uh-huh. I looked at it earlier, and it was a good name. It was a good name. Do you <laughs> want me to look it up because you you stopped talking abruptly? Is he uh, gone? Oh, did you fall off the internet. Oh, there you are. Can you hear me? Yeah, now we can. Did you fall off the internet okay. for a second? I guess, I don't know. The last thing we heard was you saying, I looked her up earlier. She holds a special place in my heart because she played Beth Calavici, Al's first wife on oh, Quantum Leap. She's a Quantum Leaper. Oh my gosh. The, the one who thought he was a PO, when he was a POW in Vietnam, thought he was dead, and so married somebody else, and then when uh-huh. he came back alive, she was the love of his life, and he never got... Uh, over it 
And isn't there a twim- there isn't there a Quantum Leap episode where he jumps back? He into, does, and into she that storyline, and like he tries to tries to tell her the truth, or is thinking about. Al tries to get Al tries to get Sam to to fix it, but they're not allowed to because you're not allowed to do anything in the past that benefits yourself. Uh huh. Who made that? Which rule? is like a made up rule. Like who made up that? Right. Rule? Yeah. He did. They always talk about that. It was Sam's rule. I mean, there it is. I mean, because everything you're doing in the back changes something anyway. Once you start changing things. Every episode is them mucking around in the past. So I don't know why you can't do something nice for yourself every once in a while. Yeah, Only for strangers. Only for strangers. It's so altruistic. What do they call it on Parks and Rec where they give themselves a spa day? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. That's right. Sam Sam should treat himself sometimes when he's in the past. Treat yourself. I mean, I guess he bangs a lot of ladies while he's in the past. He does. Or kisses. He kisses a lot of ladies. You I see don't know the trailer does. for the uh, the the reboot? I have not, and I I I'm curious as to what you think about it. They're not doing the the premise. No, that you not at think all. They be doing no, which seems like a real missed opportunity. Yeah. I'm not looking. I'm. I don't have high hopes for it. I'm, because I, as of now, officially, they're saying that Scott Bakula is not going to be a part of it. I don't believe that for one second. Scott yeah. Bakula is alive and well, and I'm sure would be happy to do it. They're just keeping it a secret so that when he pops that, up in the, very in the last scene of season one, you can be All like, right. "Oh, Scott Bakula." Yeah. It's totally possible that they're just throwing people off the scent, but I don't know. I'm I'm disappointed that they're not doing the the most obvious good idea right. for that. Um, yeah, that too. But I, I guess, guess I'm still I'm still gonna like. I guess well, I will. Of course, I'll watch, watch the first it. episode just to yeah, see. Yeah, exactly. Got to see what it is. <clears throat> so Sean what? doesn't have his computer. Uh, oh, am I doing stats again? So oh, let me, why don't him. I do it? Because I okay, pulled yeah. it up while we were talking. This is Silicon Avatar. It's season five, episode four of Star Trek The Next Generation. Teleplay by Jerry Taylor, who went on to be a huge, uh, well, the creator, a co-creator of Voyager. Um, so oh. someone with a long Star Trek history. Story by Lawrence V. Conley, directed by Cliff Bowl. Cliff Bowl was one of their go-to directors. Yeah, he directed a lot of them. Uh, air date, October 14th, 1991. We're getting close to Halloween. I was. You guys said last week you were juniors in high school. I'm one year older than you. I was yeah. a senior. Uh and the IMDB, oh, let me give you the description. The crystalline entity returns, and the Enterprise takes aboard a scientist to help track it down, but her personal agenda does not match Captain Picard's. Ooh, did, you, did you look at, at this I already? did. I don't okay, think don't I remember, it. but I'll hey, watch it. How do oh, you no. I'm going to say seven. Okay. Jake, do you want to guess? Uh, 7.2. You guys watched this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Philippe? 
Uh, I will say I'm not into crystalline entities as much as I should no. be, so I'm going to say 6.8. Well, Jake nailed it with 7.2. Oh, that nice. is the answer. Which feels about right. Although yeah. I did not rewatch this um, for this week. I have seen this episode, obviously, before. And 7.2 feels like kind of about right. Yeah. Who remembers the crystalline entity? Anyone? Sure. We've seen it before. I do. It's with lore. Yes, we last saw it in data lore back in, what is that, season two? Mm-hmm. Maybe even season one? Mm. Let's not fight about it, guys. Come on. I cannot, <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I cannot tell you what's happening because I did not rewatch this. So, Sean, well, the heavy lifting of describing <laughs> right. the plot are, is going to land on you, I'm afraid. Well, so so there, there was this colony on this planet, and the, the, the entity showed up and just started blasting. But they've gone into these caves... To try what, to escape it. What do we know about the entity? It's just a sort of like it's a killing mind, machine. It's just a sort of mindless like right. It's like Galactus, right? It just goes around. Yeah, eating, it just eating. It's it just goes around feeding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but it's you know, this this episode away. is basically Moby Dick. Right. It's about trying to get revenge against something that doesn't have emotions. That's just doing what it does. Like you can't blame a uh, a thing for trying to eat. Right. And Spoiler of course, alert. in oh, typical no, in typical uh, Picard fashion, he's like, "Well, look, we don't want it to keep destroying things, but instead of just destroying it, let's try to talk to it." This and... is kind of what we were talking about when we were talking about Nope, where it's like. You can't blame an animal for being an animal, right? You can't blame you can't blame the shark in Jaws for being a shark. Right, right. Yeah. That it's doing sharks, what it does. Sharks do what sharks do, right? Yeah. Crystalline uh, it because it's not like a it's not sentient. It doesn't have right. a way to like communicate. So. so it's really just a survival. Like they have to survive, right? Because they're under attack. And they—is there some reason they can't just beam up? Yeah, the, the the like walls of this cave have like special metals in them. Uh huh. There's always a reason. Blocks, they can't and it, but that's also the reason why the 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 Christian the the crystalline the Christian entity. The Christian entity. That's why they tell them about. Uh, uh, the cave is why they can't. Let me let me share the good word. Oh, no. <laughs> Get in the cave. Get in the cave. <laughs> yeah, it's Crystal Jesus. Have you have you heard about the fourth book? Uh, <laughs> into the into the uh, caves caves the darkest dankest caves. It's just like ding dong, hello. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody, nobody make a run, move. Run, 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 run to the Get caves. From the windows. Who are these fill-ins? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Those new people. Those the Enterprise isn't right. there. That's why they can't try and beam up. Oh, they're not there. Yeah. Why aren't they oh. there? You know, the Enterprise wanders off once sometimes. They yeah. left them there to do something, and then they were. What were they? Do, what were they? What did they drop them off to do in the first place? They Why were, were establishing they... a new colony. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they didn't know the crystalline entity was going to be there. No, it just, it just up, showed up. Right? They they left their but most fertile. It wasn't supposed to be there till Tuesday, and they were supposed to have plenty of time. They they left their most fertile crew member behind to populate the planet. <laughs> They're like, if all else fails, Riker will take care of this problem. Yeah. Riker protocol, in effect. <laughs> just imagine a lot of like kids running around with full beards. Yeah. <laughs> Riker baby. I think maybe that crystalline entity is wingmanning him. He's like, all right, I you would, come here, get him into I, a cave, I'll do I the rest. Fully watch Star Trek babies. If it featured a baby Will Riker who still had a full beard, beard yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be true to the actual role Riker as a baby. So, well, I have seen I've seen pictures of, uh, well, he, we see it in one of the movies. But if you look at pictures of young Jonathan Frakes, like before he grew the beard, like in season one of the right, show. Right. But, like, even before that, when he was, like, a soap opera guy, like, before he got Star Trek, when you see him when he's young, he just looks so wrong without the beard. Yeah, yeah. Growing that beard was the smartest decision he ever made. Yep. Oh, made there's Worf. From, yep. He's never been happier to see Worf. <laughs> <laughs> So they escaped. I was, I was, there was some, I was watching some episode or something the other day where uh, Jean Luc described Jordy as like a close personal, he was like, he's not only a, a, an exemplary officer, he's also a close personal friend. And I was like, he is, is he? Is he? <laughs> I was like, have you I could not seen see you guys socializing outside of Jean Luc and Jordy. In a setting where they weren't like talking about Work. the problem, yeah, like I don't think Jean Luc and Jordy socialize with each other. Well, all. no, it's Jordy has a Picard's uh, simulation that he does in the holodeck. Oh, maybe that's what it is. And he has three ways with him and the that doctor lady. No, oh, right. yeah, Doctor Brahms. So that's why he thinks he has a personal relationship with with Captain Picard. Will's hair is all tussled. That's how you know things are serious. <laughs> so when does Ellen Gear? She's up? just showed up on my screen. So oh. she should show up soon. I'm watching Jean-Luc give the... Oh, there she is. She just beamed in. Yeah. Okay, I'm like three seconds behind you. Oh, man. So that's Ellen Gear, who is a classic that guy. Yeah. Uh, she's been in a million television shows. Every every show in the 70s, she would do a guest. Ev on. And and she's she is the daughter or granddaughter. She's the daughter of Will Gear, who played the grandfather on the Waltons. Wow. So she's kind of like showbiz, like. She Legacy. was on the Walton. And she also is the, she's still alive, and she is also, she's the, you know, the Wheel Gear Theatricum Botanicum that's up in, like, Topanga? That, you know, it's like a big outdoor theater where they do Shakespeare and stuff? Nope. Yes. No? Yes. Nobody knows this but me? I'm, I know it is. I've, okay. I've been so there. That's, that's the Wheel Gear from the, from the Waltons, and she's the, she's, like, owned and operated that theater for, like, 
50 years or something like that. Ellen Gear, really interesting person. Cool. And good actress. She's good in this episode. And where is I she always, from? She's confused with um, the lady who's in Misery, who's the uh, oh, Kathy the old Bates. Lady. Kathy Bates. No, 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 no. The old lady in Misery, who's married to the sheriff that Kathy Bates kills. She played Charlotte's mother-in-law on the on Sex in the City. Come on, you guys. Jessica Tandy. No. Oh. Hold on. I know, I know, I'm, I know, I was wrong. Sorry, I'm failing. But it's a, it's exactly like you're almost right. Like it's exactly yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, it's that. That's the, the look. Uh, Francis Sternhagen. <laughs> Francis Stern. Francis. <laughs> yep, I never would have pulled that one. Yeah. I didn't pull it. I googled <laughs> it. Um, but oh, wait, where is? Ellen Gear is... and Francis Sternhagen and Jessica Tandy all look very, very similar. Yeah. yeah. Well, in this episode, she's a, a scientist who studied the crystalline entity. Yeah. Okay. So they brought her on board. They um, just happened to be near where she was and they could get her. Okay. Yep. Yep. It happens. Space is very small. We all know that. Space <laughs> is not small. We went over this in some detail a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. I we don't we talked so. a lot about how big space is. Hey, save it for Corrections Corner, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Read my words back to me, and then now you prove your point. <laughs> so anyway, so- she's there to like help them figure out how to right. rescue the yes. gang down on the planet. Yep. Exactly. Well, no, they've got them. They've rescued the people down on the planet. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah, because Will's there. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> they rescued them. they do that? I missed it. That's when Worf came in and I wasn't paying open. attention. Oh. I saw Worf come in, but I thought yeah. he was trapped down there, too. No, no, no. He, they were re- That was the rescue team. Oh. They so sent a shuttlecraft down or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So now they're studying the walls and and... She does not like Data. She's immediately spacist against Data. Sean Luke is wearing his favorite outfit again. Yeah, yeah. You got the suede. So Jean Luke tells her to work with Data. She said she doesn't want to. And he goes, Oh, well, she's spacist against Data? I yeah. know that part. Let's see if you can, do you think why do you think she's spacist against Data? Um, because of lore. Right. Because lore yep. was the Exactly. The the friend of the crystalline entity or so she just assumes that and she's and her whole thing is that she's she's been studying this thing since the first time when it attacked that the the planet he was on Uh uh-huh and uh this is the first time that there were survivors every other attack they left no survivors and and she's starting to think that the reason why is because data was there because it didn't want to kill Data, so it oh. didn't kill the. So she thinks it's it has a fondness for Data. Yeah, or, that they're working that together. Is lore well, just like Lore was working with him, he thinks she thinks Data's working with it as well. But Lore wasn't working with it really, right? Like it doesn't have thoughts and feelings. Right, like, right. He just Data, utilized it. Lore had just figured out a way to like get it to go where he wanted it to go or whatever. Right. Her her personal stake is that her 16-year-old son was killed in that first attack. Yes, that's so why she... She's got oh. like an emotional blind spot about 
so it's not a lifelong thing. It's this is only like from a couple of years ago. It, it's a, it's exactly what Sean said. It's her it's her new obsession. It is it's her Moby. Right. It's her white whale. She yeah. right. And but her, and, her son was on the planet from Data Lore, and so now no, she's, no, the one. Yeah, well, no, she she's on the planet that when Data was found. Yeah. Oh, oh, back the very the, first the, attack. First, right, right, right. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. She, the, her, she had left. So it's her, been thirty years. Yeah, exactly. She's been obsessing about this. Yep. I got you. Star Trek loves a Moby Dick story. Yeah, they do. Yeah. This, they this, go. They go into that well. Go to that well. Well, you know, it's a classic. Why wouldn't? Well, you? it's a really good story. You know, I mean, it's a, like you say. That's the whole obsessive. You know, you know the, the, being be trying to get revenge against something that you can't get revenge against because it doesn't have the feelings about it. It's a <laughs> whale of a well. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys have um, quiet obsessions in your own lives that you don't really talk about, but you know have sort of spurned spurned activity? Like I don't know something. What's what's your own personal white whale? What's my mo- what's my Moby Dick? <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that thing you're quietly trying to rage Get against? I that I'm trying to kill, like. Like get revenge on, or conquer in some way. Even I would say, is there like, I don't know. Is there? I mean, a, all, I mean, all of time and space. Is that an answer? <laughs> <laughs> I guess death. I, I mean, death. Do I wish I was the president of the United States and could order the CIA to? assassinate all the Republicans I hate? Yes, I do. <laughs> Think about that. I would make Injustice. So you're, because yeah. the slide to fascism would be so fast if I was president. I would be like, why can't we just assassinate them? They're assholes. We all agree <laughs> with that, right? Uh... But no, other than that, I don't know. <laughs> but other than that, other than... Nothing comes to mind. What's yours, Philippe? You seem to have an answer. Uh, it's not like... I guess I guess I was framing it as something, I guess, in this way, as something that I wanted to destroy, but there was like something like I want to do. I've always wanted to write a book, and it's kind of... So in a way, it's just like... But I'll, I'll never... I've always wanted to, but I just don't ever see myself doing it but i okay but that's sort of a different question that's like it is you're right i was kind of trying unrealized. to unrealized that question is about unrealized ambitions i think about, it is but i also think it's like it, something like i sometimes it. quietly shape my life around it like i really wanted to do it but i in subtle like it subtly affects my i i, I realize the okay. question I see exactly. the connect. no i see the connection now you're saying like the thing that turned you into who you are yeah yeah or at least partially or maybe drives you now in ways that didn't I don't know. It's more of a subtle kind of driver because I feel like she's not even aware how much she has these blind spots because she really wants to go in this direction. Or I don't know. yeah, yeah. Well, and she doesn't realize how creepy she gets with data. But does does wanting to write a book like shape your day to day 
Like, no, it's not I, I, I don't know. I was just trying to think of some like creative thing that I, you know, or something that would I would subtly make unconscious moves towards that if I, you know, as I as I. You know. I, really I think you should. I think you should write that, a book. It would be you writing a book, but writing it for fifty years because. You yeah, just can't get it perfectly and right. And maybe I have been for, for in my brain. You know and what I mean? Ten thousand pages long. You should write a book. Yeah, but I never will because I think write, the, write, write a write try a, writing try writing an easy book. Like don't you doesn't yeah, have write, to be like write some Star Trek a masterpiece. Yeah, like no, our, friend, would... our friend, our friend Wendy wrote a like porn book. You know, she wrote one of those lady porn Fifty Shades books, and it's I'm, it's not my kind of book, but it it's a real book. Like it's a full. Yeah. You get the whole sense of accomplishment, right? The whole two hundred and fifty pages, and it tells a story from beginning to end. Like it's a proper book, so you don't have to write like a masterpiece right out of the gate. You can just write a write a book. And if it sucks, you just no one has to ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> you just be like, well, that one doesn't count. <laughs> Put that one away. I think another thing that would be good to do, like I've always wanted to do, this is just becoming like things I secretly would love to do, is make a, a full-on comedy video game masterpiece that is meant to be like the main thing is it's meant to be like hilarious <laughs> yeah like that is the main feeling it's supposed to evoke and i don't even because i just i i love when like things are a different genre or something i, I don't even and, know about comedy and video games feels like one of those things that's very hard to get right like yes. there are things that video games do well and I'm, but I'm not sure that like comedy is, is oh, one of them. Oh come on! And Leisure Suit Larry. There was some, well, that's that's actually the exact example I was going to use. And like the the other one, what was that one? The other one called the Lesbian Sisters of Sodom or whatever it was called. Oh Science. yeah, something something of Phobos, the goddess yeah, of Phobos. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like there just needs to be more comedy in video games. I think it's just there's like things that video games do well. It's like what we were talking about with Dear Evan Hansen. Like there are things that work well in one right, medium right. and don't, aren't necessarily like conducive. Because it's hard to think of like what are really good, funny video games. Yeah, I know. Can I, you think of a time a video game really cracked you up or like made you laugh? I can just... think of two really good, funny video games, and they're both. Um, like based on other IP, they're not like original video games. Sam and Max for me, that one's fun. Yeah, Sam the Lego, Max. the Lego games can be funny. Like there's yeah. a, right like, again, those are based on yeah, you yeah. know they're like silly and goofy. Yeah, but I wonder like the object to be like funny, like somehow incorporate comedy into its like. I guess those games are because they're adventure games and stuff like that. There's a game called There Is No Game. Have you heard of that game on Steam? Maybe. No. It's it's like a game. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzler game where like the game, like all the puzzles are 
really meta and they're trying to get you that there is no game here but the the each level is like the game trying to fight against you and tell it, trying to convince you there is no game. And it, I think it's, it's, it's pretty good. Like it's pretty clever. I mean, it's obviously not hilarious. Me, that reminds me of the hitchhiker's guide game where it would like meta comment on how you were playing the game. Do you remember that text-based hitchhiker's guide game from like, yeah, from, the, it was the... one of the Infocom games. Yeah, sure. where it was like, it, depending on what you would type in, you would get like snarky responses back. I love, from the I game. love that. I love, I love getting finding the ways to get the snarky responses. <laughs> that was always my favorite part. Where the game would be like, "That's a terrible idea. Why are you doing that?" Yeah, you explode into a million pieces, and the 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 snarful blats lick up your things, and you right. and your last <laughs> the last neurons in your brain think. That was a terrible idea before you drift into the abyss. The two games that I was thinking of that I think are pretty good at being funny are um, the Simpsons game from like the PlayStation 2, I want to say, which is actually a pretty funny game. Um, And the South Park game that is PlayStation 2 or or 3. The The Stick Stick of of Truth. Truth. Yeah, that's a pretty funny game that yeah. like comments about games while you're playing it. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I have to. I should play that one. But I think you're right. It's really hard to get right because. Yeah, because it's uh, you know, first of all, it's very like it's not as universal what's funny. And so. Well, and also comedy isn't interactive, right? Like comedy is a sort of one person, the funny person doing the funny thing and everyone else like there's like not a lot of back and forth. Right. It just feels like video games are what video games want to be is real life right they're trying to be interactive they're trying to make you feel like you're doing the thing that you're doing in the game and i don't know how you do that with comedy because you'd have to write a game where you played a stand-up comedian and then you said your you said your jokes into the like microphone on your headset and then somehow the game evaluated whether you were funny or not (laughs) i don't even know how you do it I just think like it would be interesting to build in like some kind of like <laughs> I just think about games that are unintentionally funny and I wonder if there's like a way to like capture that. <laughs> you know what game is funny in and I I don't I cannot say if I think it's intentional or not. Metal Gear Solid 5 is funny. <laughs> <laughs> there are that game is full of just absurdities yeah i don't i think the reason it's funny and though it does i still consider it funny i don't think it's intentional it's because it's so earnest at points and you're like really this is but i don't i don't know that i don't know maybe it is tongue-in-cheek i i think it's i think it's walking this really fine line of like Oh, you're incredibly sincere. We mean every word of this. Yeah. And also, we know. Yeah. Like, we get it. Yes, it's it's riding on this edge of camp. Like, right. On some level, sure. Right. When they ex- when they explained to me that the reason that girl dressed like that was because 
She breathes through her skin, so as much skin as possible has to be exposed, <laughs> she'll die. I was like, that's either horribly disgusting or the funniest thing that an alien has ever done. It's like it's like the justification for the chainmail bikini, right? It's like, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that I, all those moments are. <laughs> I just think they're amazing. Yeah, I, I loved that game. I was so you guys recommended that game to me actually on this podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we you might like this one, and I did. I liked that <laughs> game a lot. Well, I have no idea what's happening on the show because I haven't been paying attention. Hey, I hear you have some possum news. Oh, are you guys want possum news? We could do that. Yeah, let's do it. I'm assuming that the crystalline entity is just eating things. No, they're chasing it. They found it. They figured out a way to track it. And and she wants to just blow it up. And Picard's like, no, I think we think we can communicate with it. And now she's turned on. She's actually on Data's side now. She She's turned on? Yeah, she's turned on by Data because it talks like her son. Well, who wouldn't be? Yeah. But she seems to be coming around to the Data's yes, way of thinking. She apologized for the way she came in. And uh-huh. he told her that he was programmed with, like, thoughts of the, like, journals and stuff of the people who died at the installation. Uh-huh. And so he she's like trying to tap into her son's memories. Oh. Yeah, he speaks in his he speaks in his voice at one point. Which is creepy. Which is creepy. Oh, that yeah. I don't I don't think I would like that. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a little was, bit too if far. If I was her, I don't yeah. think I Yeah. She's would like, like "Oh, this will be a good idea." And then she's immediately completely devastated by it. So. Is that what's happening right now while no. the turbo lift? Or does no. it happen later? later. It happened earlier. Or that, oh, that hasn't happened? I think it's happened. Uh, I don't think it's happened yet. I don't know if it happened. Well, maybe. I don't know. They were talking about they were talking about her son, so I wasn't sure. I mean, they're clearly bonding right now. Like, she's right. telling him the story of... <laughs> well, she feels guilty you. because she left him there. Uh-huh. She went off to be the scientist and just and left was, him on the planet. And She was killing other creatures that yeah, were doing she was, stuff. She was off murdering, you know, space whales and, uh, do you guys want to, do you guys want to talk amongst yourselves for like three minutes while I go, uh, refresh my beverage? Yes. Beverage. Beverage. We can try. <laughs> we're not promising anything. Yeah. We'll do it for two and then, minutes. And then we'll do, and then we'll do possum news. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. We'll do two minutes and one minute of total silence, and then you come back. So Riker <laughs> is also in the let's blow the shit up plan. And that makes Picard, sense. And Picard's like, hey, you know, I know that you like that girl that died on the planet. Yeah. And Riker gets really pissed off. He's like, I'm sorry. You think I can't deal with my emotions? I've seen plenty of people die. I've killed several people under my. He's like, you don't understand, Jean Luc. I was, I had already sealed the deal. Yeah. <laughs> we were gonna do it. Yeah, this ruins my record. And the alien's the record. on and glasses are. 
I was going to give her the Riker maneuver. Yeah. This is Riker. This is when he talks like the little boy. Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now, can you do an Australian accent? (laughs) Yeah. Can you sound like that? (laughs) Yeah. Good night, Dr. Sheila. (laughs) (laughs) Are you holding that crystalline entity? (laughs) Well, then, and then he finds, she finds out that he had a girlfriend. The son had a girlfriend that she didn't know about. And so it's kind of like, well, maybe, you know, you guys weren't as close as you thought. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's gonna make her feel good. It's like you're not—you weren't even really there. She's all, "What was she like? What was her vibe?" <laughs> Did she have a nice rack? <laughs> it was ho hum. <laughs> <laughs> He does say that he found he found his girlfriend physically appealing. Yeah, he liked her physical attributes. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. Her physical attributes. Yeah. And she kind of smiles. She's just like, yeah. That's yeah, my that's, boy. That's my boy. He always liked those physical attributes. Rattle that headboard, baby. It's <sighs> like, I wonder if she looked like me. Ooh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Data says I should not access this file. <laughs> I do. I have no emotions, Doctor. But I, even I can tell that's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm forced to report this to the FBI. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hello? Man, we're not we're not doing yeah. a good job, but he's back. Like he's back. We did it. We oh, did I, just heard, I put my I put my earphones in and I heard nothing. And we I was just, like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're, that was our just stopped talking. We, we were having a collective moment where we were all just saying to ourselves, "Well, that's it. Uh, <laughs> we're done. We did our best. Yeah, we didn't quite make it, but <laughs> but Matt so will now understand." He's... So now I see Data is going to talk in the kid's voice, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Here he goes. This is Data doing his ventriloquism act. Yeah. I know. Who's the guy that uses the chili pepper? Nah, he's doing that. <laughs> what? <laughs> the guy, the, the, the ventriloquist that uses yeah, the chili pepper. I have no idea. He's the most famous one. Yeah. What's his name? Rich Little is the most famous. No, no, that's a, he's not a ventriloquist. He's, he's a impersonator. Voice. Yeah. No, ventriloquist, ventriloquist is a dummy. Yeah. Oh right, Edgar Bergen is the most there famous you go. ventriloquist. Yeah, you're right. right. I got impersonator and ventriloquist <laughs> mixed up. There's a ventriloquist who uses a chili pepper. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. He's the most famous one these days. Isn't like, isn't his name like Burnham or something? Uh, I, mm, that yeah, it's right. Bo Burnham's. Not Bo Burnham. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can't remember, but he, he's well, the one who has Jeff the. Dunham. Jeff Dunham. Dunham. No, he has an old man. He's yeah, an old but he has lots of different ones. Yeah. 
He has a ton of different ones, and one of them is a jalapeno pepper. <laughs> I can there. only I can only imagine how, how incredibly racist, immensely racist it is. It's massively terrible. I don't it's... think it's as racist as his skeleton of a, a Muslim terrorist. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's move on <laughs> to possum news. Yes, please. Because I do not want to talk about Jeff Dunham anymore. No. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I cannot. I mean, no, uh, I guess I'm apologizing, but it's whenever I see them, I cannot believe how popular he is. I mean, we live in fucking hell times. Like, of course, he's popular. He'll probably be president before <laughs> before no, the, chili pepper, will the be. chili pepper will be his vice president. No, the chili is the vice president. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> to appeal to the Latino, I feel like we too. just created that. Like we've just made that a, a million. Oh no, we like, we've manifested it. Oh, we've no. manifested it. Oh no. And he's going to be the best of several bad choices. Right. It'll be like, well, it was this or the rotting corpse of Donald Trump. So we we chose him. Because Durham would run as a Democrat just to throw everybody off. All right. Are we ready for a little possum news? Let's do it. Do it. Uh, Jake, play the jingle. Awesome. That's it. Oh, you don't remember how you were given the assignment to create a jingle for Possum News? We talked about this. Yeah. I'll we'll have to do the correction corner on that one. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, I didn't actually expect you to make a jingle for Possum News. No, I just cool. like I just like saying play the jingle jingle. Yeah. It is it is an empowering phrase. Well, our, our first piece of news, Dateline, Florida. All right. Classic. Opossum, here's your headline, Opossum invades bathroom at Florida <laughs> Elementary School. All right. August 18th, the girls' bathroom at a Florida elementary school became a wildlife zone when a wandering opossum took up residence in the restroom. The Brevard County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that school resource deputy Matt Swartz was informed shortly after the morning bell rang at India Atlantic Elementary School that there was, quote, an intruder on campus. (laughs) Swartz discovered the interloper, an opossum, was closed inside the girls' bathroom. The deputy blocked the door and set up a perimeter crime scene tape and a sign designating the bathroom a wildlife zone while awaiting animal rescuers. The opossum was removed from the building by personnel from Wild Florida Rescue. Here you go. Opossum invades bathroom. Wait, so in this day and age at a school, a police officer was vague and said there's an intruder on campus. No, I think like, I think that was something I think that was something the kids told him. There's an uh, intruder. 
Okay. Um, in the bathroom, he saw that it was a pasta. Okay. I thought the I thought the cop was like came into a classroom and said, "There's an intruder on campus." No, no, no. Like, I think it was. But he did a, kick the door in and fire six shots yeah. <laughs> while he was investigating. He missed because you know they're bad shots. But uh, so anyway, the the possum was fine. It was rescued yeah, yeah, yeah. from Wild Florida Rescue. Was it a white possum? It's uh, well, the picture on the website. It's a. It's got a very white face, as all possums do, and sort of a gray body. I don't know what brand of possum that is. <laughs> um, Brevard County, by the way, who knows their Florida geography? Mm. Brevard County, where this happened. Is it on it's the on shaft? Eastern, it's on the it's on the shaft. It's on the eastern coast. It's it's basically directly east of Orlando. So if mm. you head towards the Atlantic Ocean from Orlando, you you hit Brevard Brevard County. Brevard County is famous for two things. Cape Canaveral is there, right? And Cocoa Beach, which right. who who can tell me who lived in Cocoa Beach? Famously. Sitcom. We a, a sitcom very much like a, a, a sitcom we were talking about earlier. Golden Girls. No, they lived Co- in Miami. Miami. What kind of gay are you? They lived in Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it was uh perfect. No, because no, not it was bewitched. Not bewitched, but another sitcom about Dream uh, of Genie. I dream of Genie. I dream of Genie. Oh, Major Nelson and Jeannie lived in Cocoa Beach, which is outside Cape Canaveral. When I was growing up, I thought that Cocoa Beach sounded like the most glamorous place in the world. Like, because of that show, I was just like, Cocoa Beach? Oh, my God. (laughs) The, The people who must live in Cocoa Beach. (laughs) <laughs> and having seen images of it, how does it stack up? I mean, I've never been. But they have yeah. possums in the bathrooms, so it can't be all good. <laughs> <laughs> That's just from your perspective. Has anybody ever been to Cocoa Beach? I have no. not. I'm looking at Cape pictures Cape of Cape it Cape Canaveral? Or any? No. no. I don't think I've been to Florida, so there's that. I've been, I to, have Orlando, been to Florida. And Sean has been to Orlando. I've been to Miami, too. I've been to St. Petersburg, Tampa, the Tampa St. Pete area. That's redneck, Florida. I've been to Jacksonville, and I think I'm on record in this uh, on this podcast of saying what a piece of shit city that piece of crap is. Is that? I think it's about Tallahassee. Oh yeah, no, not. I'm sorry, you're right, Tallahassee. Apologies. Apologies, Apologies to the Jackson. Yeah. I've never been to Jacksonville. Can't speak about Jacksonville. Jacksonville Tallahassee is lovely. It's a piece of garbage city. That's all I have to say. Well, uh, last, on 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 uh, our last recording session a few weeks ago on this podcast, we talked about uh, we had some possum news from Wausau County, which was also in Florida on the panel. Uh, you were looking at real estate from there, right? Yes, because there was they were having their annual possum festival. Right, right, right. You'll recall. We noticed we talked about how cheap real estate was there. Um, <laughs> our next piece of possum news comes to you from WDBJ 
Channel 7, CBS, your hometown station in Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. Headline, Eagle Scout builds opossum enclosure for Southwest Virginia. A local scout is helping the Southwest Virginia Wildlife Center of Roanoke for his final public service project. You guys know Eagle Scouts. They make you do like a big like thing for your like graduation project. Right, right. Mm. Um, I have a my I have a not nephew. It's he's actually a second cousin, but he's uh my cousin's son just became an Eagle Scout. Uh, oh wow. We went to the ceremony. Not just this was like two years ago, but uh I went to the Eagle Scout ceremony, which was great. That's awesome. It's quite a quite a lot to achieve. That's an accomplishment. It's, it's a huge it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Over a long period of yep. time, like years and years. You gotta put a lot of time in to do that. Um, so anyway, this kid in Roanoke, when Matthew Danko heard the Southwest Virginia Wildlife Center needed help, he decided to step up for his final public service project to become an Eagle Scout. He built an opossum enclosure. Interesting. After several months and a lot of stress, he completed his project for the center. It's a lot of stress. <laughs> Make it better. The possums ain't going to live in that shirt. The possums so are, please. <laughs> Haley Olson Hodges is the operations manager for the center. And she says the center desperately needed the enclosure. It's like an apartment complex, but for two ambassador opossums. Quote. <laughs> So these possums can't return to the wild, but they go and meet children and adults at different kind of events to help people not be as afraid of wildlife or have a new respect for them, said Hodges. <laughs> why these animals are important and why she would we should protect them. End quote. Good for her. I like her. That's what, he, that's what that kid did for his final project. He built an opossum shelter in southwest Virginia. Well, those possums aren't going to be there long because possums don't live very long. But I'll be how long do possums live? They don't live long, man. Uh, I'm going to look at that. Lifespan is very low. Well, while you look that up, I will give you my final piece of possum. Two years. Sorry, I'm just going to throw that. Two years. Two years. They only live two years. I. That's crazy. That's for the common one. There now the Virginia one, which maybe this one would be the Virginia one, is for well, the, the story was from Virginia, so yeah. it might be it might be a Virginia one. I don't know if they have both there, but if the the Virginia one lives <laughs> lives four whole years, so both are very very you know they they're they're bright candles that burn brief but bright. Well, and they still are going to need a place to live in those yeah, no, four I, years. Yeah, totally. I just think two years is a ripoff. Two years is a ripoff for an animal the size of a possum. Yeah, it seems low. That seems like, that seems, that seems, I just think it's a great injustice. They need to live like six years. Come on. I think they just live hard. And after two years, I think they're like ready to go. I'm just like, whew. They, they. <laughs> No, we're I, done. They burn bright. I, they, burn they are. Bright. 
Yeah, they must have hard lives, I suppose. Um, they, yeah. It's just but I, I, I get what you mean, because they're the size of cats, so you think of them as having sort of cat-like life. Right, you think they'd be like the small dog. Well, yeah, and, they, and they don't, like, spend... I mean, when you see them, they don't... They're not, like, jetting around. They're not, like, going lightning speed. They're sort of, like... Right, they're slow-moving. Yeah, they seem like, like they're conserving energy. upside down from something. Yeah. They seem chill. They seem like the kind of animal that would just, like, get, like, ten, ten years, you know? Well, they, they, do like tend a... to, they do tend to play dead when stressed, so maybe they have very high anxiety. I bet they do. I bet they all die of heart attacks at age yeah. two. When the one was dying in our yard, we were hoping that it was just a classic possum, uh, plain possum, but... Unless it's doing a really good job, uh. <laughs> you you cannot you cannot let her get into possums because they're gonna die on you so fast. <laughs> like that's no good. You're gonna be burying up if you become a possum family. You're gonna be burying possums like once a week. You don't want that. We're, we're basically there. Right? That's a, that's <laughs> emotional trauma. You can't do Stephen that. Stephen King would write a book about the number of possums buried in my yard that I've buried. That I, you know, the that only the ones that I've buried. <laughs> right. Who knows how many are down there? <laughs> how is Possum the cat? By the way. Uh, good. That, that's what Thumbs I call up. It, cat. Yeah, Possum the Cat is, is really good. Really good. Getting big. Eating eating the foods. Eating that kitten chow. And is she friend like she likes you she likes the boys, right? Does she is she getting She likes the boys. Does she, she like, like you guys more or is she more She likes us more. She's she's skittish still around bigger people, but she loves she loves the boys, so I, I think she's in her nature. In her, she's got a kind and sweet nature. She's still a little bit just. She's still got a little bit of the wild in her. Like stay away from. So you know, if I approach too closely, she'll freak out. But sometimes she lets me pet her now, and that's a new thing. Like she didn't used to. So it's, um, it's, it's we're still in, in roads, and she's super darn cute. It's super sweet that she likes the boys because that's so fun like they'll have like when i was a kid i had a cat i we had three cats and one of them was clearly mine you know yeah so it's fun to have a pet that you're like this is my cat <laughs> yeah no it's 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 super sweet they go you know one of my kids plays games all night and she goes and lays on the keyboard <laughs> uh -huh. and he and and he tolerates it. And then when he goes to bed, she the cat doesn't want to get up on the top hook, so my kid will sleep on the couch so he can be near the cat because <laughs> oh the cat will the cat will mew if she can't be with him. So that's his that's his compromise. It's just to sleep on the couch. But she can't jump. I mean, she can. She, just she can. She used to, but for some reason now she has like a. She doesn't want to jump up the bunk bed, so now it's. So now she just sits at the bottom and starts and meowing. Cries. Yeah. So, I I like that my my kid is like, well, I guess I'm gonna just have to sleep on the couch with the cat. <laughs> yeah. So he's sacrificing his own like sleep comfort. All right. So. 
it's yeah. a sign that you've raised a, a a nice empathetic person, <laughs> you know. Yeah, crazy, crazy cat Kate people. I guess is what we're we're, we're we're perpetuating here. Yeah, that's the less generous way of looking at it. <laughs> no, I I think it's great. I honestly do. I'm I'm very I'm touched that they're thinking about thinking so empathically. Yeah. Yeah, because I have to imagine I have no uh, concept of raising children, but I feel like one of the big fears was how do I make sure this person like cares about other people and isn't like yeah. a sociopath yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think that was like a big fear of mine. <laughs> like they were there that they wouldn't be kind people. <laughs> so. You know, not like, you know, just, it's just all the, you fear about everything, you know, and you worry that they're, you know, too kind and they'll be taken advantage of, you know, it's like all the things. Right. You don't want to raise a sucker either. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, that's the thing. And I was like, you know, I'm a sucker. So I just try to. I think it's better to be a sucker in the long run. I think it's better to be humanity that we're all a little bit, you know think the best yeah it's better to be on that end of the spectrum than the i'm just gonna take advantage of everyone i i can because they would take advantage of me or something yeah right (sighs) yeah i I have going i have one more piece of possum news if you guys want it Let's hear it, man. That's why the, that's why the fans come. It's for the possum news. It's for possum news. Well, this piece comes from uh, Dateline, New Britain, Connecticut, the New Britain Herald dot com. Headline: New Britain Public Library will host all about opossums. Nice. The New Britain Public Library will host all about opossums on Tuesday, August twenty third in the community room at 6 p.m. Ferncroft Wildlife Rescue, a 501c3 organization that specializes in the rescue and rehabilitation of opossums and provides educational programs, will lead the presentation. All ages are welcome to learn about the fascinating world of opossums and some very cool things about these interesting creatures, as well as meet real-life opossums. And now I would like you all to guess what the two names of the opossums are. <laughs> Everybody, give me, just give me your quick two. Don't think, don't think, just answer. Rudy. Poss, uh, poss. Uh, pos- Opie uh, and Opal. Okay, uh, Sean's in. Uh, Don't uh, think. Blossom the Possum. Blossom the Possum. Their names are Bella and Mango. <laughs> guests, will also, guests will also get the opportunity to hear about the important role licensed wildlife rehabilitators play with these very special animals. The program is sponsored by the New Britain Animal Welfare Commission, whose mission is to promote the welfare of all animals in New Britain through advocacy, 
and education. You can register for the event online at nbpl.info or call the information desk at 860-224-3155, extension 125. I mean, I think this will probably be over by the time this episode airs. I mean, I think that if you're in New Britain, Connecticut, next Tuesday... Yeah. This is what you got to be doing. Absolutely good. You could have a worse time. Your tax is already paid for in New Britain. Yep. I mean... You could make a really good off your dime. So. You could make a really good argument that public libraries are the best thing in the world yeah. <laughs> in our like blighted culture. Yeah. The fact that there's still public libraries yeah. that you can go and just read is kind of amazing. It's were you the they'll one get, who was saying they'll, like they'll the, the, those? They'll get rid of those. They're getting rid of everything else. <laughs> Libraries Dave are on Garrett, the list. Marriage will be next, and then you're all on your own after that. <laughs> uh, well, well, that took a dark turn. Sorry. Yeah. Well, the episode's over, so. Well, I'm gonna edit all that out. Don't worry all about right. it. No one will ever hear any of that. I, I think that uh, I assume the crystalline entity resolved itself, and uh, the, so the crazy lady it. destroyed it, and basically destroyed her career because oh. she disobeyed because Picard told her to stop what she was doing, and she didn't do it. But she had sort of gone crazy after hearing her son's voice through data. Nice job. This is the, too much about the revenge, man. Yep. and it and it consumed her. Yep. So she killed uh, the crystal. Even though they were starting to communicate with it, and then she killed it. Yeah, it's a cautionary tale. Well, against ventriloquism, right? Right. Sure. Because yeah, that's what led it directly led. We're all if we've learned nothing today, it's beware of ventriloquists. Yeah, I all, mean that's true. They're all racists. I, I don't know if they're all racist, but they're all terrible. <laughs> Stay away from ventriloquists. Oh man, just what we need is the ventriloquists coming after us. But you know, uh, there's like three. Like we bring take, it on, ventriloquists. Bring it take, on. Yeah. We can take you. All right, close uh, up the show, Matt. Um. Email us at warpedthepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at warpedthepodcast. Buy our merch at lunar underscore flare. On Twitter, we are at warpedtrek. I am at host warped. Min is at wet maynard for our Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu. I always get that screwed up, but I nailed it that time. Nailed it. Podcast. And by the way, off the Wagon, the Call of Cthulhu podcast, well worth a listen. If you, yep. you're you listening to this, you'll like that. Yeah, too. it's funny. Really funny. Men did a great job. We love you, men. Come back soon. Um, thank you for listening. We will see you next week. My name is Matt. I'm Sean. I'm Jake. Believe. I'm me. Thank you for listening and good night. Good night.